The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by BlueChew.com. Get the chewables that give you the confidence you need and the performance you both want when it's time to have fun. BlueChew.com. Use code Vegas for $20 off your first order. Now, Waddle and Sylvie. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Miller time with Waddle and me. We start the weekend at Stony Point Grill in Mokina. We'll be there 2 to 6, 19031 Old LaGrange Road. So text your friends, make your plans now to be with us on Friday. We've been there before. We love it. The Stony Point Grill in Mokina this Friday. Tom Thayer does great work uh, on the Bears broadcast and joining us. And he's all over watching this Bears team. Maybe he'll join us at Stony Point Grill on Friday. You want to? Uh, you want to join us on Friday, Tom? What, what do you got going on Friday? Uh, you know what? I'm already going to be downtown uh, for that noon start Saturday morning. I got to be up at Hallis Hall during the day. Then I'm going straight downtown. Uh, if I was in Joliet, I would be there in, in a in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, I uh, I'm close to Mokina area, but. I'm already downtown. All so right. You put him on the spot, but that's... Right, I'm there. And like, hey, I love hanging out with you guys. I know. You're a, tr- a true team player. That's what we're learning about you. Tom Thayer joining us right now on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. So uh, what do you think? I mean, are, are you starting to get a little itchy about some of these offensive line injuries? Uh, yeah. You know what, Sylvie? You kind of get me fired up. Either of our pregame hit with you and Dion or... When I get ready to talk to you, and then I hear the goings-on, uh, you know, portion of uh, with the practice and injuries and guys not out there and stuff. Yeah, you know. So I was just talking to Jeff a couple minutes ago, and I said, now I'm kind of on hold until the Green Bay game because I don't know what to expect. I don't know who's playing. I don't know who's going to be in what position and where, and then how healthy they are. So, like, I kind of, you know in that cruise control until the preparations for Green Bay because I guess that's when it all has to come together. And when you start getting ready for a 17-game regular season and the mentality that you need to have, there is no ramp-up period. There is no, you know, kind of the different types of words you want to use about who is where. It's about, man, get the best guys ready for a game day roster you know tom i said like i said yesterday that that i felt unsettled about this offensive line because it was a group with some new faces and especially when you start a right tackle who's a rookie he needs some time with the veteran right guard you signed as a free agent and when that guy's not available and then your center's got to move to left guard because his hand is bothered and then tevin jenkins like all of it just doesn't feel good to me, especially for a young offense with a young quarterback where this continuity was an important component when pre or the preseason kicked off. You know, 100%. You know, T. Waddle, for an offense um, as a whole, if you're going to put in a new play, that new play you have to run 150 times in practice to make sure that you have accountability for every single defense you can face. And every 
pinpoint every portion of communication up and down the line of scrimmage. And then when you talk about putting a rookie in there, every play is new. So you would like to be able to work with the tight end to the left guard, you know, a thousand reps before the season starts. And I'm talking about OTA reps, mini camp reps and training camp reps. And, you know, there's probably less than a handful of reps that um, actually happened together with the guys that you're going to start against Green Bay. So unsettled is a, is a, a great term because, you know, and I am unsettled and, you know, I just think that the offensive line is a unique position that because there's so much communication that you have that has to be silently done after the play is called either approaching the line of scrimmage or when you're in your stance and that's when you have to become familiar with each other and it's not going to be done in meetings it's going to be done you know at at practices that are is you know as full speed as you can get right. when you're out there at practice Tom do you believe that Cody Whitehair is they've moved him to guard because of the right hand injury because they're when Tevin Jenkins goes down, instead of making one move, you've made two because you've moved him from center to guard and put Lucas Patrick in there. I think Cody's a better guard than he is center. Okay, but I think I think Cody is a really good player that has that mentality and that willingness to move wherever you need him the most. I love that dude. You know, Cody has done a lot for the Chicago Bears throughout his career. But I think when you're talking about 308 pounds of power. When you're coming out of your stance rather than having the inertia that brings you back a little bit while you're snapping a ball before you have engagement forward, Cody has a lot of power that when you just have you're in your stance and you can use that explosiveness, I think I think he's a more powerful player at that position. And you know, to me, I always thought, you know, Lucas Patrick was a really important uh, kind of a cog to the development of this offensive line in the depth because he does have experience at every position. And so if you can plug him and play him at the center position and then you have strength on either side of him with Nate and Cody, I, th- I, I do think it helps the interior offensive line. So wherever Cody's needed the most, he's willing to play. But to me, I always thought that as an offensive guard, he was, um, you know, one of the top guards in the division. Waddle and I were having the talk about Doug Kramer. I know he was out last year. He was a draft pick of theirs. Um, Do you think he could give Lucas Patrick a run at center? Um, yeah, I do. I, you know, I think he's got good college experience and he's got, uh, you know, he's got a lot of desire, a lot of willingness. He, he plays a position well. It's not a position that you have to be huge. You just have to win leverage and you have to play the game with speed. And that goes from how, how quickly you snap the ball to the quarterback. I'm talking about when the quarterback is under center and then how quickly you can get into a leverage position. You know, I, I like Doug, and I, I think that um, he can go out there and he can give you some reps. So my concern is really week two and week three because you have Lucas that's recovering from a groin issue, and, and the week two and week three are going to be extremely hot games. And are they in condition? Are they? Do they have the ability to go the 70 plays at full speed? So there may be a chance that Doug has to play even if Lucas is playing well. Because, T, you, Tom, we've been down in Miami, uh, one of those games that the temperature is just, you know, can be a, as hot as anywhere. And so Jeff will tell you I'm obsessed with game time temperature. Right. And I have 
I have all the difficult locations on my phone, and I look up the temperatures. It's like that uh, golf match that's going on in Atlanta this week. And these golfers are going to go out there and walk 18 holes every day, and it's going to be 100 degrees every day. I would be a puddle after the first three (laughs) holes on day one. And uh, when I was a player and I would go back and the schedule would come out, I would put asterisk next to these games that I have to be concerned about in terms of hydration and diet and uh, a game that was going to be super stressful. So, um, yeah, I I think you need as many candidates to play the position as possible within the first three weeks of the regular season. So, Tom, uh, we all know how you feel, and and I think we share your sentiment about playing your guys and, and, and Justin. With this unsettled offensive line situation, do you believe they will be more reluctant to play him in this final preseason game, and how would you handle it? Hey, man, I told you guys a couple weeks ago I'd played all these guys 20 plays a game every game. And I know there's people out there that disagree with me, but I've taken a lot more snaps than some of the people that disagree with me. Well said. So if you're going to have any if, – if you are really going to develop the instincts and the understanding of the offense you're running, it's got to be full speed. You're not going to run a lower-tempoed speed of an offense and run timing routes to perfection. You know, the other day I was standing in the end zone, me and Jason McKee and Jeff, and it was the offensive period for Indianapolis. And Anthony Richardson made this anticipated throw that I actually thought he was throwing out of the back of the end zone. Tom, he threw it so early to a wide receiver that he wasn't even beginning his break yet. But when the receiver got into his break, the ball was perfectly placed. And that's something you learn from running those routes full speed. And I I do think that's the way you develop. All right, let me ask you a question on the other hand. Aaron Rodgers is going to play for uh, for the – Jets on Saturday against the other New York team and the Giants, and they have a vicious, vicious pass rush. If I was the Giants, I would want to do everything in my power to pound him as much as I possibly could. So, and you know, Salah said that he's going to play under the circumstances of an offensive line that's been in developmental stages since Aaron's got there, and I think that's just part of the process of trying to figure out who your best fifty-three are for a game day roster, and so. The answer that I, I'm saying, yes, I, I do think yeah. they should play. Even even with this state of flux that the line's in? Call safer plays. Listen, Sylvie, if you ever have the – Tom, have you ever had a time throughout your career that you worried about getting hurt? No. If that infiltrates your mind, Sylvie, you're beat. Right. You're already hurt. And so Justin is an incredible athlete. He's got strength, size, speed, everything that you need out of him. So if I'm Luke Getze – and I have a series of play-action passes, boot right and left. I have three-step drops that are getting the ball out of my hand. Those things can tell you as much about his mental development as much as if you think you're going to have him in a seven-step drop with no help for each offensive tackle. It's about the way the type of plays you called is the way that you're going to protect him in a full-speed atmosphere. And then I tell Justin, if there's a guy that escapes a rush immediately and you can't get away from him, throw it out of bounds. And, you know, these stats aren't going to be at the end of the year. They're not going to be compiled in as overall regular season stats. Uh, Tom, you've seen uh, most practices here uh, through OTA's minicamp and then training camp. Um, were you surprised by Bajan's performance, and, and do you think he's ready to be the backup? I was surprised, 
because, like I said, you know, everything is a controlled atmosphere. And it's the first time that he got inserted into a game so early that there was still some players on the field. And the way he led that drive and his confidence and the way you see him go, his, you know, you watch his feet through a progression. And you can see him go one to two to three by the slight change of his shoulders and his head. So I was so I was really impressed by his performance. Super encouraged by what I saw out of him. And would I be reluctant to have him as my backup? No, because right now, if you go back and you look at all the quarterbacks' performances who had a majority of snaps, he probably led the most impressive drive of anybody we've seen. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, Tom, in general terms, you know, when you see DeMarcus Walker hasn't practiced in a while, Brisker hasn't practiced, Eddie Jackson hasn't practiced, Tremaine Edmonds, I believe, got on the field today, but there's a long list of guys that haven't been on the field for very much of this training camp. Do you believe that that is more of them just being overly cautious or is it that some guys are a little more banged up than maybe they're, I mean, they're telling us? Cautious doesn't develop callousness. And you hear from every head coach that we need to develop callousness in order to get the best, most physical playing football team on the field week one of the regular season. I'm in, under the assumption, because we don't get injury reports during the preseason, that there is some type of injury hiccup going on to make sure that when these guys get put back on the field that they are 100%. My curiousness is what type of injury do you have and are you able to do off-field conditioning at a high heart rate in order to be in condition when you're going to go out there and play? In you know the Green Bay game, 325 start in Chicago. I think the high temperature for this week, this Saturday, is in the high 70s, which is really comfortable. But you know when you talk about all those names you just mentioned, and especially Edmonds and Brisker and Eddie Jackson, you're asking those guys to play um, a majority of the defensive snaps that they're going to face. When you get a guy like Demarcus Walker or Ngakwe, they're inserted a part of a rotation of the defensive line. So those guys need to be ready for 35 high-speed snaps if they're in that type of rotation. When you're talking about defensive backs, they need to be ready for 70 snaps. Just That's just a hypothetical number that I'm putting out there. But they run a long distance every play. There certainly is a lot of responsibilities for a middle linebacker, sideline to sideline or deepen their pass responsibilities. And then you talk about Brisker and Eddie Jackson and these guys, you know, they're all over the field according to the position, the down and distance, and whatever they're facing on that particular play. So would it be fair to say, and I know we've got 19 days before the opening game of the season, but based on how you feel, and I share your feelings about continuity and, and needing to get callous and everything, with so many guys that haven't been able to go, do you believe that there is a chance that in the opener against Green Bay that there may be more rust than you had hoped for? I, I, how can there not be? Again, like, like I said, you know, I, I remember the course of a week when we were inserting a new play, and that's with Walter Payton. That's with an offensive line that's been together seven years, a quarterback that knew the system as well as anything. The week that we are putting in the new play, T, we probably ran it, Literally, you know, 40, 
50 times. Right. And that's with a group of guys and an offensive line coach that knew the system as well as anybody that's ever coached at their position. And you're talking about the greatest running back in the history, one of the greatest running backs in the history of the game. So I don't know why you think a group of guys that include rookies would come aboard and they would run these plays to timing perfection if there is an adjustment at the line of scrimmage why the quarterback's going through a cadence. So, um, but that's, you know, an obstacle that you have to be able to overcome. And, uh, you know, it'll just be interesting to see that how many plays these guys get within those 19 days to make sure they have, you know, everything down pat. And each position coach on the offensive side of the ball, they can get an indicator of that by just asking a player a question and see how hesitant they are about their answer. If they give you the right answer immediately, you kind of feel pretty comfortable about that. If they start thinking a little bit, you're beat. And that's what Dick Stanfield used to say. Don't ever come to the sideline and say, I thought, because if you think, you're beat. And so you can't have thinking on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, Uh, Tom, before we let you go, I I think tomorrow's going to be the day. We originally thought it would be today. But uh, tomorrow's going to be the day that we find out if Mongo uh, gets the recommendation uh, in the top three for the Senior Hall of Fame. Um, what is your thought on if he gets the call? And obviously, I'm sure you you think he's deserving to get that call. Oh, hell yeah. Ming deserves it because of his, of his desire, his willingness, his uh, commitment the way that he carried himself on the field, the way he contributed taking double teams on so Singletary can be that 10-time Pro Bowl. And, you know, Ming, uh, you know, I don't want this to be a pity decision. I want I want it to be a decision that they've come upon because he deserves it. Yeah. And I practice every day against that dude. And I know what Ming's all about. He inspired me in the weight room, and he inspired me on the practice field. His teammates meant a lot to him. But you just go and look at the numbers that he put up over the course of his career. Steve McMichael deserves to be a Hall of Famer, and uh, I, I wouldn't. I, there's not a guy that I could. I'll listen, man. I love all my teammates that have become Hall of Famers, but for a guy that deserves it by the numbers, Steve McMichael deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as much as anybody that's in there. He defines what a Hall of Famer is all about for all the reasons Tom just mentioned, like everything that he did was about football and ma- not just achieving for himself, but making others around him better. Right. You play. know, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny because when we'd walk out before kickoff of games, McMichael would say, okay, Singletary, let's go out here. Me and Hampton will make another All-Pro. And, you know, it's just that, you know, again, man, just everything that Ming was about. And, you know, he was – you know, just so important in the weight room and on the practice field. And if you had if you had a team full of guys that had the same desire of McMichael, you'd never lose. And he'd play every game, every yep. single game. Tom, great stuff. Can't wait to talk to you uh, on Saturday <laughs> and fire you up again. Yes. Don't put and don't push my button, Sylvia. <laughs> you know I will. <laughs> great Thanks, stuff, Tom. Tom. See you guys. He's the best. Tom Thayer, Super Bowl champion. He's a part of our broadcast team. We love that Joniak and Thayer, along with Jason McKee. We're back uh, on Saturday. Four hours before the game at 8 in the morning with Black and Abdallah, then Dion and me. Lance Briggs will be a part of the team as soon as the regular season rolls along on uh, September 10th. And then uh, Joniak and Thayer and J-Mac. His perspective is very, very important from my 
point of view because a he's around the team all the time b he's got so much football knowledge so when he says to you i can hear and and interpret that there is some concern that all of these guys aren't there and to think that and and maybe they will do something that most people can't do and then just show up on the opening day of the season and everything and flip the switch and be seamless it's hard to believe that you can do that they find themselves in a difficult spot, especially on their offensive line right now. But here's hoping that between now and 19 days from now, all of these defensive players get back in the mix and get that conditioning they'll need to play snaps against the Packers. Just to reiterate, Tevin Jenkins will be out for multiple weeks. He's got uh, double calf injuries in his legs. Who knows if that stems from his back or not. Uh, we read you something earlier. but So that's where it starts. Today, Darnell Wright rolled an ankle. We don't know the severity on that injury, but he did have to leave practice today. We already know about Cody Whitehair, who's been practicing all uh, mini camp and training camp at center. We know that he hurt his hand, and he's already moved from center to guard to fill that Tevin Jenkins spot. Maybe not just to fill Jenkins' spot, but because maybe he can't snap the ball. Right. So now Lucas Patrick moves to center. Lucas Patrick has been out most of training camp. And he's been ramping back up. Nate Davis, their new free agent right guard, has not practiced in most of training camp. He's ramping back up at right guard. The only really consistent starter who's been out there every day is Braxton Jones. And he did that all last year as a rookie. Right. He played every every snap of the season. Now, the reports about uh, Darnell Wright have been fabulous. He's yes. been He's been good. Yeah. So hopefully the ankle isn't that bad. But this isn't just a Tevin Jenkins injury. No. This is this is multiple guys on the interior now that are affected, and hopefully Darnell Wright isn't hurt. But um, it's concerning about an offensive line, which was their number one weakness, and now a lot of their, their best plans may have been affected um, going into opening day. Yeah, and, and look again, I, I, this is a young building team. In a lot of ways, with a lot of new faces, even if everyone's healthy, there are a lot of new faces in that offensive huddle. So I thought it was imperative that they get as much work done together before the, the, the season opener in training camp. And obviously injuries are something that every team has to deal with. But like now, yeah, yeah it's unsettled, I think, is the best way to describe the way I feel about that offensive line. That is so very important for them. All right. Uh, and if you want to, uh, I, I got a Cubs note for you, too. Javi has been scratched from today's game. He was under the weather, according to the Tigers, is what he said, what they said. So no Javi tonight against the Cubs. If you want to talk uh, some Bears with us, if you want to talk about that White Sox story that really broke yesterday at this time, here's a question that I have for you guys that I want you to think about. Uh, What will happen first? Will the Bears play their home games somewhere other than Soldier Field, or will the White Sox play their home games somewhere other than Guaranteed Rate Field? Think about that, and we'll discuss that coming up next. Hey, it's your friend Tom Waddle here to tell you about the best banking team in all of Chicago, our friends and partners at Wintrust. And just like a perfectly designed play, Wintrust creates a game plan to help you reach all of your financial goals, like a checking account for your family, a first savings account for your kids, financial planning for your retirement, or a loan for your local business. 
Whatever the need, Wintrust has the right game plan for you. Wintrust's team of bankers, lenders, mortgage experts, and wealth and treasury management professionals all stand ready for any play life throws your way. So come check out Chicago's Bank, and when you open a new total access checking account today, get a special $300 offer. Visit Wintrust.com slash TAC or visit them at any of their nearby locations to get to know your banker. Wintrust, proud to call this city home. $100 is required to open. Requirements to qualify must use link to apply. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you, making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Talk today a lot about uh, the White Sox story in Crane Chicago business. It broke about this time yesterday. Where, um, you know, the, what the play is here, whether they're uh, trying to get their ducks in a row to let everyone know, hey, this team could be up for sale soon. Maybe he's trying to get a better deal uh, at guaranteed rate uh, once the lease ends. Because we told everyone earlier, if, if you're not aware of the deal that they have in place right now with the Illinois Sports Authority... When the White Sox draw $1.9 million or less, they don't pay a lease. So you heard that right. Like when they draw, when they don't draw that much, it, it doesn't hurt them. So they don't have to pay a, really a penny of a lease. There's no pressure. They're like, so it, it's like they get their tickets, but then they don't have to worry about paying a lease if they don't draw a lot. So it's not like it's a big loss to them. And then if they do have a good year and they draw 2.5 million, 2.7 million, they do pay a lease, but they're making more money with the tickets because they're selling more tickets. So I would think they'd always want to sell more tickets. Of course. But the bonus there is if they do have a bad year like this year, they do have years where they don't draw. It's not like there's less financial risk attached to it. Yeah, they're like, okay, we don't have, we don't have rent. We don't, we, we pay our landlord. Zero dollars in rent. Think about that. So sweetheart deal. Six years from now, it's up. They know the landscape with the Bears looking to shop things around right now, and they know the Bears are in a catbird seat with the city. The city uh, just saw what could happen if uh, they would lose the Bears to Arlington Heights, and now they're back to the drawing board trying to get them back. Maybe Jerry's saying, hey, I, I, I can try and strike while the iron's hot here. Um, you know, Nashville was floated in that story. Um, I don't know if that's realistic for the White Sox or if a team. My vote would be against that happening. I don't think that's very likely. Like that would be more of an expansion team going to Nashville and I not for the White so. Sox. I think that's more of a threat. Maybe that's more of a, hey, if, you don't, if I don't get what I want. Maybe I'll start calling hey, Nashville. I'll start calling my, my Major League Baseball friends, which I don't know if he's got as many peers these days in Major League Baseball. This is what I would be if I was Jeff Meller or someone who's a diehard fan. My, my response would be, okay, that's fine and well. I understand. This is business. 
As a fan, though, I want to know what you're going to do, not five, six years down the line. I want to know what you're going to do next year to make us a better team. What is it that you're going to do to make us a better baseball team? Not make you more money, not put you in the catbird seat with another great you know, stadium deal. That's all well and good, and I'm fine, fine with that as a fan. As long as I feel like you're doing everything humanly possible to put the best product on the field that I'm supporting with my hard-earned dollars and everything else. The problem is, is A, they've shown a reluctance to change despite the, the lengthy segments of ineptitude. And they've also shown a lack of desire to swim in the deep end of the financial pool. When your highest paid free agent of all, or player of all time is Andrew Benintendi, what does that say about your franchise's willingness to really get out there and compete financially with the other big market teams? It shows you they don't have that commitment. They have never. The Pirates, Miller and I were having this conversation a while ago at one of the breaks. The Pirates have signed a player to a $100 million contract. Right. The White Sox never have. And it doesn't equate, you know, I'm not suggesting, well, if you sign someone to a $100 million contract, that is going to equate to winning. Well, no, there's no guarantee. But, but you, don't, least, you don't develop your minor leaguers either. You don't. You don't have a great farm system. No. So it's not like again. I could be cool with that if you were the Rays. Correct. And if you sunk all your money into player development and scouts and analytics, the Sox have one of the smallest front offices in all baseball. We've talked about that. And so when you haven't won. When you haven't won playoff series, when you haven't been to a lot of postseasons, the only time they've won playoff series is in 2005. They haven't won a playoff series before 2005 or after 2005. Think about that, everyone. Think about it. And you don't go to many postseason playoffs at all. So you don't win, you don't develop talent, and you don't spend my question, if Jerry was sitting across the table from me, is what do you do well? You want and you want and you want. What do you give? What do you, what do you give back to, to the fans? Great food at the ballpark. Okay, that's good. And, and that's a good thing. It's but not, consi- we, not I, I, consistent winning seasons. But that's, yeah, I mean, I could get that at, at a restaurant. Yes. Like... That's a bonus. We need more than that. Yeah. And I'm not even a Sox fan, and I'm saying we. Like, Chicago deserves more than that. The fan base deserves more than that. This is, this, it, that's what I don't understand. What are you doing? I would say that not even for the six years. What are you doing now? What are you working at? How are you working at it? What, what are your plans to do to get better at this? It's been... Are, do you believe right now, if, if Jerry was here, if he would do an interview, if I would get to talk to him even off the record, are you embarrassed by, by what has happened to your team? Your team doesn't like each other in its clubhouse. Your team doesn't get along. They're a colossal failure off the field. They don't win enough. You, they don't, not only do they not win enough, they are one of the worst teams in all of baseball. It's an embarrassment right now. You just hire and fire managers, and you take turns doing it. One time it's Kenny's turn. Another time it's Rick's turn. Another time it's your turn. There's no rhyme or reason on how you're doing the business. 
and and it's it, you're supposed to be smack dab in the middle of your competitive window, and you're approaching thirty games below five hundred. One of your poster, uh, one of your poster uh, child for for your team is now an embarrassment throughout all of baseball, and you're probably going to get rid of him in the off season. What are you doing to make any of this work right now? Trying to sign a uh, new stadium deal is what we're trying to do. I like that. That's what I'd want to know. And like, none of, of it is to, to like troll or to be mean or to, it's like, this is, these are real questions. This is where I said the, it's tone deaf to the actual fan at this point who wants to, you can talk about the stadium situation over here. But in the meantime, I also want to know what your plans are for being a better baseball team. Right. That's where I would be as a White Sox fan. So what, what, how would you answer my question? Uh, if you had to bet, what will happen first? The Bears play their home games in a place other than Soldier Field, or the White Sox play their home games other than Guaranteed Rate Field? I would say that the Bears will play a game in a field other than Soldier Field first. Like, we've had White Sox fans tell us, like, there's nothing wrong with the ballpark. Right. Win. Could they build a stadium somewhere else, though? Maybe so, but... And it would probably would because it'd be a them? smaller facility. That right? Well, I mean, like, and where would be the perfect facility if they would? Like, is is the location like we? What been, is, is the location is, causing them to not be the best team on the field that they can be? It's still in the place where it's been forever. It, 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 like, it doesn't have the most bars and restaurants around it, but it's still right off the Dan Ryan with plenty of parking. Plenty of good seats. The food is, you know what I mean. It's, look, it's, look, it's the so, management and the and the players that's the problem, not the ballpark. Right. I, look, if you wanted to build the, I think the stadium opened in ninety one, right? I yeah. think I looked at that earlier. So it's got what uh, almost it's uh, just over thirty years of usage on it. You want to build a new stadium in a new place, you know, in a somewhere fairly close. Fine, I don't care about that. But it, but like people have said, it is better today than it was in ninety one. Yeah, it's better today than it was in two thousand one. It's probably better today than it was twenty eleven. Like they it, have it more, is got, it is aged well. They have a bigger organizational problem than they do a stadium yes, problem. Yes, or a location problem. Right. Uh, Dave and Lake in the Hills. You're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Dave? Hey, so I'm not even a Sox fan, but I just was brainstorming. With all this talk about the uh, Sox moving and whatnot, why don't the Sox piggyback with the Bears land in Arlington Heights? You could have the Arlington Heights White Sox. We were we were wondering about this, but would 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 that alienate so many Sox fans who, to their core, is a is, is a South Side fan base? Uh, well, I mean, the property is big enough; they could put a football stadium there, a baseball stadium there, still. And- and is this a, is this a stadium issue thing, or right. is this just is well, he just ownership thing? So if you, the owners, you get new owners, and then they could you know work out work it out with Arlington Heights. It's an ownership thing. It's not a stadium thing. But that's what I'm. But that's what we're saying. Like, do they even need a new stadium? Do they oh. need? You know what I mean? Um, would yeah, a new yeah, owner? Yeah, yeah. Would a new ownership group say, you know what we need before we get started is to build a new stadium somewhere? So if we can't get a new owner and Jerry's being lazy, then maybe he just moves to Arlington. <laughs> yeah, but I, 
Again, I, I don't know that that's the answer. I don't think that that's, I don't think, that, I think that's one of the least likely scenarios is that they, they match up with the Bears somewhere other than, listen, if the Bears are down here, if they stay in the city of Chicago. Could they do that could, like somewhere, yeah, then, right? Then, then I'll buy that. And then you could be on don't a plot think, of land south. I don't think that Sox are moving to the suburbs with the Bears. That I don't believe will happen. Dan, uh, uh, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Dan? Hey, guys. I uh, just wanted to share that I think the White Sox, and I'm a longtime Sox fan, and I was a season ticket holder for 20 years through 2011. So with that background, I think the White Sox have been and are the Oakland Athletics of the Midwest. They always have operated that way. They try for these Ken Griffey Jr. types to come along to give them some whatever they gave them. But um, I just think that, however, the business side of business, meaning dollars and cents, Jerry does a great job. His his co-investors in the White Sox, I'm sure, are very happy with what they've received in return for their investment. So I don't think we can argue with his business of business. Now, if you're in the business of winning, it's a little more problematic. Uh, you know, the one thing I will say in defense of the current regime is they did get the number one, you know, rated prospect named Yohan Moncada in the trade with Chris Sale. It didn't work out. Now, is it the organization's fault? Is it Yohan's fault? I don't know. Did they develop they him did, the right way? Yeah, that would well, be Well, I don't question. know. I don't know. Was he already, was he already underdeveloped and, and just stayed that way? I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm just saying they did do some things that made logical sense. Right. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they bet on the wrong guys. Dan, but they've been the Oakland A's forever, meaning they don't want to spend money. That's why they don't have a hundred. Dan, Dan, as a Sox fan, what what bothers you most, or what would if you could approach the the owner about what you would like to see done? What what would your advice or your 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 two cents be? Well, there's two things I would say. One is he does have to. Even though they spent money a little bit, um, and they did sign these guys early, which was ironic in the end, I think he has to go to you know somewhere in the one seventy-five million, one eighty million dollar budget. So spend more money. And, That's part. Yeah, of it. he has to spend a little more money. That's yeah. the first thing. And then the second thing is he has to take an honest look at the talent evaluators and whether they're. Yes. You know, yes. I don't. I think that's what he's got to do. Yeah, for sure. Good point, Dan. And, and then I like I would always say this too about the Oakland A's comment. Like the Oakland A's have a better track record than the White Sox as far as winnings concerned. Well, I think you went through that whole the, like that the, process. Give me you? Billy, that give exercise? me Billy Bean. Yeah, yeah. like like uh, the 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 A's like the White Sox went to the postseason in 2020. They went to the postseason in 19. They went to the postseason in 18. They went to the postseason in 14. They went to the postseason in 13. They went to the postseason in 12. They went to the postseason in six. They went to the postseason in oh three, oh two, oh one, two thousand. Like they, there's much more postseason appearances in the Oakland A's uh, than the White Sox have been to. So, you know, if they had a Billy Bean with with the White Sox, they'd be in much better shape. And look, I think that's what people are. And 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 was it Eddie was calling earlier and say. Um, Kenny and, and, and Theo are the same. They both got one. Look, I think that is such a myopic way to look at things. When Theo Epstein was in charge of the Cubs, you were you were a every contender year. every year. Every year. If the you White to- Sox had, with this team, the competitive window in which they won two playoff games. Right. Two playoff games. If the White Sox had a run like 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, in 20. Again, it wasn't perfect. Mistakes were made, but that's a pretty damn good year. 
NLCS World yes. Series Championship, NLCS postseason, missed the postseason, postseason. Right. Uh, that, that's a hell of, those were hell of great summers. There would be a significantly less amount of criticism hoisted yes. to the south side if, in fact, that track record was the same as the one on the north. Yeah, yes. Um, 312-332-3776 if you want to weigh in. We'll continue the conversation next. Hey, the best value in live TV and streaming is with Xfinity Internet and Now TV. It is the best network for watching all the entertainment you love without missing a beat. It includes live TV and sports, all of your favorite shows and movies, all on a network made for streaming. Watch what you want when you want. All you have to do is sit back and enjoy. Get way more into what you're into. Stream on the next generation Xfinity 10G network. Switch today to get a great deal on a great deal of entertainment. And speaking of great deals... Now through August 28th, get uh, internet on the Xfinity 10G network for $30 a month for 12 months with no annual contract. Plus, add Now TV with Peacock Premium, a $5.99 a month value included at no extra cost for just $20 a month. So switch today. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G. Call them at 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with a stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Now TV requires Xfinity Internet. Equipment, taxes, and fees are extra. After the promotion, regular rates apply. Actual speeds vary. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Well, the White Sox uh, never cease to amaze us. They just dropped a holy crap press release right now. Um, they sent out on their Twitter handle, get ready for this, Sox fans, just when you thought the impossible could not happen. The Chicago White Sox announced that Ken Williams, Executive Vice President, and Rick Hahn, Senior Vice President, General Manager, have been relieved of their responsibilities effective immediately. This is not a joke. No. Quote, this is an incredibly difficult decision for me to make because they are both talented individuals with long-term relationships at the White Sox, said Jerry Reinsdorf, White Sox chairman. Quote, Ken is like a son to me, and I will always consider him a member of my family. I want to personally thank Ken and Rick for all they have done for the Chicago White Sox winning the 2005 World Series and reaching the postseason multiple times during their tenures. I have nothing but the greatest respect for them as people and appreciate the commitment and passion for the White Sox they exhibited over the years. Ultimately, the well-worn cliche that professional sports is results-oriented is correct, Reinsdorf said. While we have enjoyed successes as an organization, we were optimistic heading into the competitive window of the rebuild. I could have wrote this. This year has proven to be very disappointed for all of this on many levels. This has led me to the conclusion that the best decision for the organization moving forward is to make a change in our baseball department leadership. The White Sox will begin a search for a single decision maker, the baseball operations department, and anticipate having an individual in place by the end of the season. They finally got it right. This is what, like, I'm not even a Sox fan, and I've been asking them to do this forever. To me, the loyalty has only extended one way, and that's to this front office. 
that hasn't gotten it right except for 2005. But the White Sox have just fired Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. They are both out. They have done what many Sox fans thought would be the impossible. I always pled with people that if they could do it with John Paxson, if they could move him to the side, who won championships as a player there, who was an assistant coach and won a championship, who built much better teams than Kenny Williams as someone, as a general manager and VP. They could do it with Kenny Williams, and they've just done it right now. Now they've got to hire a guy who is willing to not just be like what AK has done, but he's got to revamp the way they do business. They can't move Chris Getz into this area They've got to rebuild. Fresh eyes, fresh, right. fresh ears, fresh everything. And they've got to give this next person the ability to, like I said earlier, swim in the deep end of the financial pool. You've got to give them the resources that put them on par with some of the other franchises. Now, the only thing I would say, and, and a lot of it is just kind of rhetoric, but look, it's not just the world of sports that are results-oriented. It's the world of business. You've sung that loud. I mean, look, it's... The, it, it makes it sound like it's a cutthroat world in the world of business. Try going at IBM with quarter after quarter of not making money. And, and by making money, I'm, a, I'm, I'm connecting making money with winning and going to the postseason. Try not going to the postseason and having success consistently in your line of work. And what happens? You probably don't get to stay in your seat. You don't get to, Not probably, you don't. Right. So the world of sports is not this cutthroat world that, that has a different set of rules 99% of the time. In fact, I would argue that in the world of sports, sometimes you get a longer leash than you do in other right. walks of life. Right. I hope Jerry, when he does this search or whoever's helping him do this search, is willing to listen to some of the brightest minds in the game and will understand that he needs to just move out the decision makers and will build out the front office and do a yes. new way of developing talent and analytics and everything. Again, if you're just tuning in, the White Sox have shocked us all. A day after this Cranes report came out, uh, the White Sox have fired Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. The timing is... Is so odd, too, that it was just, what, seven to ten days ago when he did not, um, Jerry Reinsdorf. Didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about anything. He was smoking a cigar next to Kenny Williams on the field with Bill Cowher. Maybe Bill Cowher is going to be hired. He could be. Maybe Bill Cowher told him, you got to get these guys out of here. Like, Look, and it sounded, it's so, this, it's yeah. so odd, the timing but it, this it had to be done. Yes. I mean, you, I, you have detailed this on a number of occasions. There hasn't been enough winning, period. There just hasn't. There hasn't been enough winning. And that should lead to change. And finally, White Sox fans got the change that I think many were hoping for. Um, but we're probably pessimistic about getting. So just a, a, a really a shocking, shocking story right at the end of the, the show today. Kenny Williams out, Rick Hahn out. Meller, you're up to detail all this. Ring it up, Sox fans. What do you think of the news? You have a half hour to talk to Jeff Meller coming up next. And then we've got White Sox baseball, and I'm sure they're all shocked, too. I think Connor just texted the group that he was surprised as well.
But you're conditioned to be surprised over things that should be happening. This should have happened. In any other company, like Waddle said, this should happen. In other sports teams, this should happen. They need a fresh set of eyes. Kenny Williams fired. Rick Hahn fired. It just happened, Sox fans. 312-332-3776. Crosstalk and this breaking news brought to you by Steinhoffels. That was something. I, I can't believe it. It is something. Thanks to Kevin Zipak and Jeff Meller for helping out today. Barstool Big Cat, Tom Thayer, thank you. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Go Tuesday White night. Sox. Hey, you've waited all year, and the time has finally arrived. College football is back, and so are all the traditions, the tailgates, and the great offers from DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet, and the season kicks off this weekend. Kick off your season with DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code WMVP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook with code WMVP. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and older, Illinois only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms.